Want to know what's coming up on today's episode? Here's a preview. So I've just hit that like in the last five, seven years realization that like, oh my gosh, if I don't learn this and master this lesson. So I literally will be like, all right, angels, all right, team spirit. I need to master this because I don't want to come back and do it again. So bring it on. Let's go. It's going to be a little painful, but who do you have? Who do you got? And then I'll literally get a phone call from somebody being like, and, and pushing on that bruise. And I'll be like, I asked for this. I asked for this. Beautiful soul. Have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go to my website homepage, theangelmedium.com and sign up for my weekly angel message email. As a gift for signing up, I'm giving you access to free resources, including 31 healing meditations that if you do daily are going to help you hear your angels and your own intuition more clearly. Start using these today and you'll see changes in 31 days. Now, take a deep breath. Feel the presence of your angels as they fill you with love, joy, peace, bliss, and ease. And remember, your angels say the messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. And friends, today we have an amazing author and my new friend. I'm so excited. A fellow Chicagoan, Jen Weigel. She is here today. She's got I'm Spiritual, Damn It. There's another book. She's got the Jen Weigel Show, which is her podcast. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm so happy uh, to have, first of all, been introduced to you through a mutual friend, because that's how this works, right? They're in charge and they decide who we're going to be connected to. And it's all woven together like a beautiful braid. So I'm thrilled that Nancy um, reintroduced us and that we have, like you said, been friends. I was watching your video about your five people. You know, it's like, that's such a great point. Like who you, your five are and then who has you in their five. That's really, really important. So, um, and it seems like you're continuing to do such incredible work with your messaging about all things. I'm so into the angelic realm right now, Julie. It's like the timing is perfect. So thanks for having me. I'm really grateful. Oh, I am too. I think that there's so much that the Seraphim has been talking about since mm -hmm. about 2011 that they're really coming in to touch on. So I'm excited to touch on that in this podcast, but here's where I want to start. You have this journalism background. I'm not sure if we've talked about this yet, but I have a journalism background, not as intense as yours, but spent about eight years in it doing internships and, and schooling. And when you go through journalism and it's kind of a club that you're a part of because there's ethics to it and there's certain ways that you research and there's certain ways that you ask questions and you just you're not the first one out of the gate to report something you have to be able to back it up right like there's an art and a science to it right and you know having been around it since about 1996 seeing the progress to where we are today we've got so many podcasts 
so many different YouTube channels, social media accounts with so many different healers. And you're really the spiritual journalist who has interviewed and been interviewing everyone for over a decade now. Over 20 years. I, I was, over 20 years. I'm old, Julie. I'm old. <laughs> but yes. No, you're, you're, <laughs> you've just got this wealth of knowledge. Where are we today? Kind of give us the landscape because mm-hmm. you and I come at this where we're following maybe journalistic practices or journalistic rules, but not everybody took those classes. No. And not only that, it's gotten very lazy. So yeah. what I'm seeing and from when I and you and I were were doing this work as a um, somebody who worked in television, radio, and even print, remember newspapers? I know for those out there who remember, that was a very strict protocol. So you would hand in your story, you had to have all of your sources, everything was vetted. And I take that same fabric, if you will, and that same character and that same integrity into this spiritual work. And so that is why a lot of the the books and like my my fourth book, Psychic Healers and Mediums, like I went around the country, even my first book, Stay Tuned, I was going out to prove people like you to be frauds because I didn't believe in any of it. I was grieving. My dad, Tim Weigel, had died. He was a journalist as well. I, I come from a news background. My mom was in, in news and radio. She went to Northwestern for journalism school. My dad went to Yale. Like education was a major thing in our household. So you couldn't be lazy about this stuff. And so I take that very seriously. And that's why when I get emails from people, just give me a psychic. I'm like, maybe you need a therapist. Let's dig a little deeper. It's not just about finding out if Joey's going to ask you to the dance. There could be some deep seated issues here. So to answer your question, sorry, it's taking me a bit to get around. I think that people, because they can all be a TV star, they can all be an influencer. We've got TikTokers that are now getting book deals and they don't even know how to write a sentence. And so I ghost write books for people who can't write. And it's very frustrating to see how lazy and entitled this is creating. So in this instant world, it's created a lot of sloppiness, okay? So that's why I tell people to be discerning on who you trust. You can't just trust somebody because they have so many followers or because they've got a great TikTok channel. Because a lot of the news, and even when we were working with our integrity, Julie, it was still very subjective, the news business, because they had to tell someone's story and... 2,000 words or two and a half minutes. So they were trimming out facts to meet a narrative. So nothing is really objective other than a long form podcast or radio show. That is the only form of objective information that you can give because it's a long formatted conversation. You know what I mean? It's not manipulated. So I feel like a lot of stuff right now is being manipulated, being sloppy, people can't write, and they're calling themselves a star, which doesn't mean that you're full of a lot of really useful information. So people should be careful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then this is compounded because of the industry that we're in, where Mm -hmm. there is no real regulation or rules behind spiritual teachers or mediumship or energy healing. And Mm -hmm. so you have some people opening up shop, even though they've never taken a class before some, you know, their bosses, you know, a person passed away and that something came through and they delivered a message, which is absolutely what they should have done. But then there's no training behind it. And there's this new documentary that just came out and I forget the name of it on Netflix, but can even kind of 
sound all the same at the beginning, just like you and I, but then kind of become cultish where there's a lot of crazy Mm -hmm. S-H-I-T happening behind the scenes. And, And I think that this audience needs that. Um, well, I think they're really, really good at discerning, but maybe help them too when they're talking to their friends or family members. How do you discern? Right. Well, I have a system and I suggest everybody have this too, that um, only from somebody that they highly respect, you know, don't just go on and read Yelp reviews or Google reviews. Cause unfortunately a lot of those are planted by the person and the practitioner, which I've found out is very disheartening. So it's important to have a vetted group of people that you trust. And it's like, oh, if somebody has been seeing them for two years or three years, or they, you know, Pat Longo is one of my teachers and mentors. Carolyn Mace is one of my teachers and mentors. If they recommend somebody, I take it seriously. And I know Pat Longo teaches people to work with their gifts. She discovered people like Marianne DeMarco and Teresa Caputo and all these wonderful mediums out of the Long Island area. There's something in the water in Long Island. It's crazy. But she hands me people that she has vetted. So I have the system in place of, and unfortunately, I've had some people that have been vetted, Julie, and then they flip their switch and they become all about the ego and they're in it for the wrong reasons and they go down a path and I don't want anything to do with them. And it's unfortunate because of free will, anybody can have all this incredible gift and knowledge and that they could be using it for the right reasons and be tapped into heaven And all of a sudden they're coming from a hellacious place. So that's, again, the unfortunate part of these human suits that we wear, free will, gosh darn it, that free will. But I tell people, get a network of friends that you trust and people's opinions that you know and trust and get a vetting system so that you can know they might be really, really good, Julie, but they might not be coming from the right source. And that's really important to know. Well, I'm really glad that you said that because we try and vet people as much as we can. And we probably get realistically about 50 to 75 people a week, whether it's through Instagram or email who are like, please have me on the podcast. This is what I do, or this is my book. And you just, it's not physically possible to sort through all of those or dig through. Um, So we do something like you do, but every once in a while you'll have somebody on and they either make a turn in their teachings later on, or they were presenting themselves one way and were kind of a different way behind the scenes. And I'm not sure that there's that much that you can do about that. There's not. And it's unfortunate because I, I even say now in my fourth book, chapter one, I write about a person I no longer work with. We don't share the same values. We don't share the same integrity. But just because I wrote about them uh, doesn't mean that those experiences weren't real and didn't transform my journey in my life. But I do tell people now, I have a disclaimer that says, you know, please reach out to me and email me. If you want to find out who it is that I work with on a regular basis, check out the tab, the Spiritual Social Club tab at jenweigel.com and it'll show you a calendar of all the people that I do work with because I only have people on that zoom community that I use myself. That's really important. Mm, Yeah. I love that. So when it comes to you being a skeptic and you were the skeptic before your dad passed away, you really started connecting with him or, or going on this journey to connect with him. And what turned you from skeptic to believer? Well, when there's so much information that there's no way the person you're sitting across from could ever get That's one thing. And then the other piece was when I had my son 
And he started talking to me about things that grandpa says or that great grandma Virginia says. People he never met. My dad died six years before he was born. Virginia died when I was only 16 years old. So there's lots of stuff that I was like, that's weird. And then the other piece I think that really got me going was when I interviewed people who had had near-death experiences and people always say, you've done hundreds of interviews. Who's the most impactful person that you interviewed? Who changed your life? And really that's Dr. Mary Neal. She wrote the book to heaven and back because she's an, a scientist and an orthopedic surgeon who was without oxygen for 30 minutes. That's impossible. You can't be without oxygen for 30 minutes. So she says, I know I'm a living miracle. And so therefore, you know, she was with Jesus and she had all these downloads and there's this wonderful, um, her book, the seven things I learned in heaven, in addition to, to heaven and back, which was her first book. But I interviewed her when I was working for the Chicago Tribune and the Chicago Tribune wouldn't touch that story with a 10 foot pole. They're like, nope, too weird. Sorry. <laughs> and then she's on with Anderson Cooper like a month later. And I'm like, really guys, we could have had her first. We could have had an exclusive, but no, too weird. So um, I think once I started interviewing people in the medical field who were telling me these unbelievable tales about intuition and all of the things that were happening to them when they were on the other side and then came back, hey, I'm going to take their word all day long, Julie. They were there. I wasn't. So again, the journalist in me is like, okay, <laughs> I believe those people. They came back to talk about it and I'm going to take their word for it. And that's when I really started. But really, truly, my dad didn't really believe in this at all. Skeptical yeah. journalist, sportscaster. I mean, come on. And the things that he is reporting through these different mediums, he's keeping me laughing a lot. He's talking through all sorts of different signs, license plates, like literally, Julie, I was talking about him and I was thinking about him and a license plate comes in front of me. It says, your dad. I mean, <laughs> He's so, they get better, I think, over time. And my dad's been gone yeah. 22 years now. So uh, whether it's just a, a guardian angel or a spirit guide with a kick-ass sense of humor or my dad, either way, they are talking. If you look for those signs, and that's what Dr. Mary Neal said to me, like write down yeah. all those coincidences where you're like, that's weird. And if you write them down, you'll have this book of evidence mm -hmm. that you couldn't possibly make sense of otherwise. Did you know I give away a new free reading each month to a listener who leaves a five-star rating of this show on Apple Podcasts or Amazon? After you leave five stars, go over to the Contact Me page on my website, theangelmedium.com. Fill out the contact me form, letting us know that you gave five stars. That way we can contact you when you win. The more five stars you leave, the more chances you have to win. And your name always stays in until you do. Don't forget to stay subscribed to our emails so that you know when you've won your free session with me. Sending you so much love and gratitude for your support on this. Thank you. Now let's dive back into the show. And that was in 2013. So 10 years ago, she really convinced me. I mean, I was going for 10 years and still going, I don't know. I don't know. And then I met her and I'm like, I get it now. I don't really understand it as well as she does, but I get it. 
So you've probably logged more hours than almost anybody on the planet with different various <laughs> mediums and healers. And, you know, I, I am curious as to your opinion on this, because you talk about in I'm Spiritual, Damn It, you know, how you run into this um, guy that you had known in school. And, you know, he, he would be the last person you thought would have these gifts. But he's like, yeah, I've been seeing auras since I was little. I saw you you on stage in the play and this was your aura at that time and here's your aura now do you believe that all people can develop their spiritual gifts their unique gifts to the max or that some people's are just born turned on I, th I do think there's a combo because I've seen both. Some people are born with it. And since the moment they could walk and talk, they're seeing auras and colors. And this person that you're talking about, I call him James in my book, but he was the cutest, hottest, most popular guy, you know, in our high school and really like a homecoming King type archetype. And for him, all these decades later to meet me. And he wound up, I think having four martinis at lunch. So he was trying to medicate it and shut it down. And I see that a lot. He admitted that he made all his business decisions based on the color he would see around people. If it was purple and blue and pink, it was a yes. If it was brown and black, it was a no. He would literally see the, the denseness of their frequency. You talk a lot about frequency. Yeah. And so I think that some people do have it. They try to medicate it to shut it down because they don't understand how to work with their toolbox, which I know you teach and I teach also. And so once you have a grasp of this, but everybody can run, but not everyone's going to want to run a marathon right? Everyone can take a basketball and bounce it, but not everyone is going to be Michael Jordan. So I do think there are some people that are born with a wiring that is sort of like supercharged, just with ease, they could do this stuff. And then other people have to work really hard at it, but they can still do it pretty well. And then others could work and work and work and work and work. And they're just kind of like barely scratching the surface. So I think there's a variation there in wiring, but it definitely can always get better with practice. Do you think, because you also talk about different lifetimes in I'm Spiritual, Damn It. Um, do you think that that's an accumulation that we're bringing over lifetime after lifetime is like, okay, maybe you're scratching the surface in this lifetime, but it's the work that you need to do here so that in the next lifetime, you, you compound and you carry over what you needed. So I think my opinion of this has sort of evolved over time, Julie. I really do feel like our soul has a syllabus that we create before we incarnate of all the challenges and repeat things that we want to learn. So mine is to come into a family with addiction and abandonment issues. And these are themes, right? right. And you keep seeing them show up and again and again. And the, and the goal is to get so strong that it doesn't hurt every time you're not included to dinner or asked to Thanksgiving or, you know, some addict comes at you with really bad behavior and you don't take it personally because you know they're coming from a different wiring in their brain. All of these things we have the opportunity to master. And if we don't face it, then we have to come back and do it all over again. So I've just hit that like in the last five, seven years realization that like, oh my gosh, if I don't learn this and master this lesson. So I literally will be like, all right, angels, all right, team, spirit. I need to master this because I don't want to come back and do it again. So bring it on. Let's go. It's going to be a little painful, but who do you have? Who do you got? And then I'll literally get a phone call from somebody being like, and, and pushing on that bruise. And I'll be like, I asked for this. I asked for this. When you realize you're a co-creator of everything, you get out of that victim mentality and think, oh, I ordered this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it helps a little bit, you know? Yeah.
No, I love that. I love that. And I like how you say at the end of that book too, that you really kind of found this lesson of, um, you talk about the TV show that you're working on in there. You talk about these different opportunities that you're working on and you just got to a point where you're like, I've seen so many signs. God has come through in such amazing ways that I don't need that. I don't need all of these other things to come to fruition to prove anything. Like I'm just here to be this messenger in the capacity that I want to be. I think that that's such a profound lesson for everyone to learn. It took me so long, Julie, because I came from this family of doers and succeeders and you couldn't sit at the the table and just be like, oh, how was your day? Oh, I pet the dog and I looked at trees. I, it took me so long to get that message that I didn't have to have every award and a million dollars by age 30 and all these things to be enough. Because in my family dynamic, what you said at the dinner table was what you you accomplished. It was all about what did you do today? Well, how did you accomplish? And, and it's not enough to just say, I pet the dog and I looked at the trees. Like that was never enough. And until I became a mom and realized that just being present for my child is enough, just being here breathing is enough. I didn't get it until I lost significant people in my life. And then I realized, oh my gosh, they're gone. And I spent all this time doing, I was a human doing instead of a human being. And so now really lately, I am so okay if I never write another book. I mean, I love the act of writing books, mine or other people's. I love podcasting. I love doing live events. Can't wait to do another one with you. That connecting to the people is so fun for me. But if I go and I live in like a farmhouse in Massachusetts, I'd be okay too. And that's that's new to me because God loves me no matter whether I am on stage or off. We are always uh, tuned in and plugged in to God if we choose to be. And I am now in that accepting spot because I think so many people are trying to heal the bruises through their accomplishments. I was one of them. I thought my dad will love me more in, in heaven if I do more. My my bully in third grade will go, oh, I shouldn't have bullied her because look at all the stuff she did. Like that stuff used to matter to me, Julie, so much. And now I know at some point I'm going to have a TV show. I don't know when free will is bizarre and so many people keep seeing it and, oh, you're going to have a TV show. Great. Bring it on. I'd love to do it as long as it helps heal people through the stories. That's all I want to do now is tell stories that heal people, whether it's at my couch in front of the fire with one person or on the stage with 5,000 people. doesn't matter to me. And it took me a long time to get there. I want to go into this a little like level deeper because so often spirit says we don't know what we don't know and if you don't know what you don't know you don't know the vibrational frequency that you're trying to get to or what that looks like and i totally resonate with you i also think it's an adhd thing which i'm definitely oh, yeah. Yeah, big yeah. time yeah 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 and Most i think two of the people i know are yeah exactly and a lot of journalists like it is a go <laughs> go go business yeah so I, I'm totally with you on that wavelength. And I know what that vibration feels like when you're in the doing or wanting to be worthy. What does it feel like for everybody listening when you really just accept what is and where you are and what God's got you doing? Well, I had to move twice in 2020 and I moved six times in seven years. It was a debacle, right? From like 2016 to 2023. And 
I was so confused as to why it was happening to me. Cause I'm like, I'm doing good spiritual work. Why is this happening? Like, like as if it was the worst thing that could possibly moving is so disruptive. It's as disruptive as a divorce and a death, you know, and, and to have to do it that many times in such a condensed period of time. And it was environmental and there were all sorts of things with the pandemic and the, and then job changes and all these things. And I think once you get to the point where your, so, your life is so disrupted, you have no other choice but to surrender because it's like, wow. I, and then it goes back to what you're saying with past lives. I must have been a real jerk before for this to happen or whatever. It's like, okay, I don't know what the big, big, big picture is, but I was making it so personal and micro and like, man, this stinks, you know, instead of understanding that there's so many layers to the onion. Um, so surrendering because I had proof that I knew there were miraculous things that happened. And then in 2022, for me, I had an actual miracle happen to me um, where I completely surrendered. I was talking to my friend, John St. Augustine, another author, and um, I was just telling him all, all these projects that were supposed to happen just fell away and they weren't going to happen. And those were going to be, you know, I, I'm a single mom. I had to pay my bills. I, had to, I have to feed my child. Like I was just like, wait, wait, what? So when three jobs blew up and weren't going to happen and I didn't have anything else lined up, I just went into this panic place. And I was talking to John. He's like, you need to just lay down. Because like at this point, nothing's going to land. You're so panicked. You know, when you're spinning like a whirling dervish, nothing can find you when you're in that sort of panic. So I went and I laid down and I prayed. I prayed like Carolyn May says, I prayed like a crazy person. I prayed and I had just been introduced to the Blessed Mother. I wasn't raised Catholic at all. It was sort of convenient Christian, whoever my dad was married to at the time. And so for me to pray heartfelt prayers to this mother figure, you know, that was, I, I was really like putting it all in her lap and just crying and collapsed. And within a half an hour after that prayer, while well, I was just asking for a clue, I got a text from Carolyn Mace saying, sometimes miracles come in the most unexpected ways. What's your bank routing number? And I was like, what? She had a friend who was looking to donate to a project. And I had just started my storytelling education project. And it was like literally an answered prayer in that exact moment where I could get out of panic. I remember I, my, I had a dog at the time and she came in after I got that text and I was like talking to her on the phone. I was like, wait, what? They had been praying in Arizona. She and this woman at that exact moment when I was praying, they were praying the rosary. I was praying, Mother, and I was just rocking and praying. But in that exact moment, Carolyn saw my face. It was just a complete miracle. It was a absolute miracle. I was part of this triangle miracle where Mother Mary was at the helm. My dog came running in. And I remember Carolyn said, she's come in because the panic has left the building. And she was able to come back in and hug me and be that like support and comfort because a miracle had just taken place. Now, I don't know why I was enlightened like that, right? I heard stories about it, Jules, forever people talking about this miracle and that miracle. And I would always like the journalist. I was like, oh, that's good. Great for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, next. You know, it was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Uh-huh, next. And now to know that actually my prayer was answered, it was heard. And I've interviewed people who say that, you know, um, PMH At uh, Atwater, she interviews people who have children mostly, near-death experiences. And she said repeated stories of these children talk about how they could see people praying. And it looks like a rainbow going from the person praying 
and landing in the recipient's heart, a heart, um, a rainbow from heart to heart. And that's what the kids that are in, in heaven are seeing, right, on the other side. And she wrote about that. And I was like, oh, that's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> the journalist in me was always like, oh, that's really great. Uh-huh. And then I think I feel they needed me to experience it. So I would talk about it. And I'm currently writing about it for my next book because I know miracles are real and I've experienced one. And I, I had a, a big, huge why me after it happened because I thought I kept thinking of all the people that I know could also use a miracle and haven't gotten a damn thing, right? But I don't know if they're praying. I don't know what they're doing in their spiritual life. I have no idea. I just know that they're upset and they're falling on hard times. So I always try to encourage people, don't give up. Don't give up your connection mm-hmm. to the, you know, heaven. Don't, it is a real thing. And I, I can say as a, as a skeptical journalist turned now believer, I know it's real. I've seen it. It's worked miracles in my life and it can work one in yours too. Yeah, I I read it in your book and I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but I wrote something similar recently in the second book that's going to be coming out. And it's kind of like people are always praying, you know, God, I want this or I, you know, this is where I want to go and this is what I want to do and um, show me the way or just show me my purpose or like these large, big open-ended questions. And sometimes I feel like people are waiting for the skies to part and this Mm -hmm. huge miracle to come in. But most of our lives, and and, you know, and when it doesn't, a lot of people are like, God's abandoned me. It's not here anymore. No. Right. You're not listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They want you to go in a different direction. Exactly. I remember screaming at God, because my son had all these health issues and we were going from doctor to doctor and we couldn't get any answers. And I was in my car and I'm like, you're not hearing me. You're not this. And you're not. And I was so, it was all about us and our suffering. And my son was in so much pain. And for anyone out there who's a parent that knows, and and he still has GI issues and he still has digestion stuff going on. But what happened was I was led to specialist after specialist Once I started praying every single day and I would say, show me the next steps for my highest good and the highest good of all involved. Because sometimes the learn is in the suffering. Sometimes the obstacle is the way, okay? Sometimes that bleeding, you have to bleed. I mean, every beautiful leader and teacher that we've ever read about from Jesus, betrayal, murder. I mean, it doesn't get worse than that. You know, you want to talk about, you don't come into enlightenment without coming down, down, down. So right. when when you suffer, you come out of it on the other side if you allow yourself to come out of it. Um, it's just whether you wallow in it. I tell people, you know, don't simmer in that stew in the crock pot for too long. It can get really gamey. I mean, really, we have to be honest with how long we simmer. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're a victim. So you have to go from victim to victor. And how do you get to victor? You ask for the next steps for your highest good. Because we just don't know. And that's what Mary Neal said. She goes, how do you know when you're stuck in traffic, you're not being protected from an accident up the road? How do you know when you're at the airport with 50 delays that you're not supposed to meet the most incredible person while you're waiting for your next flight? Trust, just trust you are where you're supposed to be. If you ask for it, you set that intention, then you trust. Yeah, a hundred percent. And 
I I saw this movie recently. It's called A Million Miles Away. I think it's on Amazon Prime and it's just so good. And one of the things that they say in there is when you think that you've made it, you're often going to be asked to work even harder. And Mm -hmm. I've seen that show up over and over and over again in my life, you know, you come out with the first book and then you're like, you're the one that said it. Um, I didn't know. And a big apology to everybody who's read the book. I say friends way too much. um, It's, it's, it's friendly. No, you just asked me honest feedback. Okay. For the next book. I was like, you know, it comes great in your mouth, but sometimes on the page, it's just, it's just constructive feedback. That's all. I love your book. I know. And I would never have even like thought of that. So it's such great. Great feedback, but you really learn after you write your first book. Oh, there's a method in which the reader is going to grasp so much more, and there's a way to make it entertaining in a truthful, integrity, you know, heart based manner that you can make yourself a better author. And you, you, like I just did the second book and I'm like, okay, well, the third book could be even better. But right. a lot of people get done with a big project and think to themselves, well, it didn't go the way that I wanted. So it was a sign that I shouldn't do it. Right. Oh, well, oh right. Ouch. Well, I don't, it's so interesting. Dealing in is the success. That's it. Showing up is the success. I mean, even Joe Vitale talks about how he wishes he hadn't written about certain things in his first couple of books. And I think about some things that I wrote, even in I'm Spiritual Dammit that you're reading that I, you know, I was like, oh, now writing my fifth book. I, I see how new I was back then, but that's exactly where I was. And so honor exactly where you are, right? Because there's probably somebody who's exactly there too. Right. And trust that whoever picks it up needs I always, I always say like, if the whole book doesn't resonate for you, but one page does cool. That's cool too. doesn't have to be the whole book. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't believe that anything is a sign that we shouldn't be doing it. Like if you're feeling called and your heart is feeling called in that direction, you're saying that your second book is better or better than the first. And the third is better than the second because you learned and you kept going and through every action, you got better and better and better, Um, which I just think is such an amazing message for everybody listening. There's a lot that's happening within the world right now. And you and I were talking beforehand about how everybody needs a community because, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter whose community you're in, like whatever teacher resonates most with you, you just need a place to belong. Talk to everybody about why genuinely, truthfully, that is so important, especially right now. Well, I think we're sort of in this crisis and people are divided and ego is taking center stage in a lot of ways. And we have to kind of stand tall and keep together and try to help each other because that's what it's all about. When you're in service to others, that is when you can feel that will bring you true happiness, really. And um, a connected community 
with um, heartfelt connected community. It's got to be a heartfelt connected community. And again, it all goes back to intention. So we had this huge conference over the weekend that we do annually the first weekend of every um, November. It's called the All Souls Retreat. And it was our sixth annual. And it started as just like 60 people meeting basically in like a bar in a hotel in Lake Geneva. And now we've you know gone to the Abbey Resort all these years and we had 150 people. And people flew in from Utah and LA and Jersey and Florida and Texas all to come together. It's like their annual thing and support each other. How is your family? How is your marriage? What's going on with your work? Are you feeling validated? Did you take that Reiki class? So we have different you know, specialists, if you will, people, practitioners in different lines of this spiritual community that are there teaching different kinds of classes, showing how they do it. And it's like, if something really piques your interest and you it just kind of, it's a nagging thought, it just keeps coming and coming and coming, follow it, see where it takes you. The next thing you know, you could be Julie Jancis having a podcast and talking about angels because you followed the nudge. But as long as you're doing it because you're following that inspired soul filling nudge and not, oh, I just want to be famous. I just want to be famous. You know, the heartbreaking story of Matthew Perry, as I read his book right after he passed was he just wanted the fame. He thought that was going to fill all the holes. And that if, you know, please God do whatever you want with me, but just make me famous is what was one of his prayers. And he had this moment of aha, where he saw God and the light in his kitchen, his whole kitchen filled with light. And he felt the presence of God and he really felt transformed so much so that he was sober for two years after that. Mm -hmm. But then life got in the way, free will and self-doubt, all this Mm -hmm. abandonment and anxiousness. So I always tell people the best tool you can have is self-love because you can't give what you can't have. So if going to a conference, taking a class, expanding your toolbox, really following those nudges helps you fill up your cup, then you have to do it. And everybody can make time for it. I don't know about you, but I used to set an alarm at like 4.30 in the morning because I used to do morning radio. So I was used to getting up really early. 4.30 in the morning, come to my computer and just write. From 4.30 to 7.30, before my son was even up for school, I would get in three hours of steady writing time. You can make it happen. You just delegate the time. You give it your heartfelt all. And then that is when you see the results. Yeah. It's it's that consistency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And also too, with what's going on globally, there's so much terror. And as I came from the newsroom, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. That was everything. And it got so old, but they would only tell the stories of what was broken. I, I spoke at a conference. This was in 2001, Julie, called Images and Voices of Hope. And it was in New York. And it was journalists from all over the world talking about images and voices that could bring us hope instead of make us feel like hopeless. Yeah. There was a, a news anchor from Israel there talking about how every Wednesday there was a meeting of for lunch in the Gaza Strip with parents of slain Israelis and parents of slain Palestinians where they would come together as just parents and hug and cry and hold each other and then go back to their corners. And she told me that her news director was like, don't ever tell that story again. We are never going to tell that story again because we don't want to talk about peace. We have an agenda here and it is to be at war. That is what this is. We are fighting for our legacy. We are not going to talk about how we got along with them. No, absolutely not. And they weren't allowed to tell that story ever again. That is the division that we're talking about. That promotion of a divide, the promotion of the enemy. Mm -hmm. In God's eyes, there is no enemy. We're all connected. And that is the problem with the ego. And that is the problem with the fear that's going on right now. And I just tell people to get back to your heart, get back to your heart. And remember, we're all living, breathing beings. Get back to your heart. 
it's easier said than done. I'm not in the Gaza Strip. I can't even imagine the tragedies that are happening. But murder is still murder and war is still war. And it has caused more hardship over the lifetimes and thousands of years and millions of years that we know of. But yet it still continues. And I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. You know, give I, peace I a do, chance, but I don't know. Yeah, I do. In my core, it just resonates in every like fiber of my being that this is going to take us somewhere. And this is an opening, maybe an opportunity. I don't know if that's a good word to use right here or not, but for humanity to evolve our consciousness and really see each other as one and come together um, in peace. Yeah, exactly. That is our I think the goal, right? That should be the goal when I get really, really quiet and I hear and I can see that that peace is there. It does exist. But fear is a very, very prominent vibration too. And it's, and it can be just as strong. It's just a lack of self-love and love that, you know, somebody is only angry and afraid because they're lacking self-love. If you have enough self-love, then you're not going to lash out at anybody because it's like, oh, I'm, you you just kind of look at it like, whoa, that's interesting. It's complete detachment. When you have enough self-love, you can detach from anybody else acting out. And it's just, it's just hard to get there because then somebody attacks, you know, you feel attacked. We've all felt attacked. Then you feel you have to defend yourself, which makes sense. You don't want to just stand there and just get, you know, pelted. And yet what's the fine line? I don't know. I just keep, I just keep asking for guidance. I just keep yeah. asking for guidance. Put me where you want me. Show me where you want me to teach. And that's what Wayne Dyer did every day. He would wake up, he would read a letter. He would feel gratitude. And then he'd say, all right, where do you want me to teach today? Where do you want me to go? Yeah. And that's how I feel every day when I wake up. Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? Show me where to go. And I go. And I go. And Instead go. of deciding where I'm going to go, I look for the signs of where I'm supposed to go. And then I follow the GPS. It's yeah. a much different route, right? It's a surrender route. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Jen, I want to ask you this too, because you've seen so many different stories and stories are uh, our lifeline as journalists and, and your mission, really your life mission. What are some of the best stories uh, in addition to your miracle story that you've heard that really just make you believe and know, like, you know, like, you know, that this is real. Well, every day there's a new one when you start. And this is what Dr. Mary Neal said to me. She goes, if you start saying thank you every time you get a sign, they'll happen so often you won't be able to explain it, right? And so that that day I started seeing heart-shaped things. I mean, even like dog poop. I'm not even kidding, Julie. Like everything, they have a sense of humor. And I'm like, are you kidding? And she said, and, and so I take a picture and I post them on my Instagram at Jen Weigel. You'll see a lot of heart-shaped things. But I just started documenting them. And then, like I said, license plates now. So I was, I lost it. One of my closest friends died um, April 14th of 2021 of cancer. And she was literally diagnosed to death less than a month. It was that fast. It was horrible. She was 50, left behind two kids. And I talked to her all the time because she was so funny and she was so smart. And I could use her advice all the time. And I just, I'm like, eh. And I was coming back from hosting this retreat in New Buffalo. And I was literally, I was like, bah, 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 and I was talking to her and I go, this is so funny. I'm like, I love you, girl. I don't even know if you can hear me. And right then at the stoplight is a license plate that says, I love you too. I mean, 
come on. <laughs> it's just yeah. hysterical. So I just go, okay, you guys are amazing. And and then I lost my dog. I had to put her down on August 1st of, of 2023 as we're, it was awful. And I was literally driving and crying, thinking, I'm like, honey, are you there? Are you okay? And all that. She was sick and she had cancer too, but you wonder, did you let her go too soon or did you wait too long? All this stuff. Car pulls up right next to me. Love your dog. Ah, <laughs> uh, like, yeah. so they really are waiting to give us these signs all the time. They are looking for jobs. They are looking for signs. And, and, and as you open up to them more and more, you start seeing them a lot. I know people that see 1111 every day, all day long. And that's quite an angelic number. As you know, 111-222-444, start paying attention to all those little things that you go, that's weird. And then you will see them so prominently that you will just laugh. I laugh a lot with these wonderful winks, you know, just things like that. We have a dear friend who passed away right when COVID started and my friend, her husband, and she delegated him as a wild turkey. She's like, you know, cause he was a boisterous personality. He loved his brown liquor. So there you go. We were sitting by the pool and I was praying to him. I'm like, Vern, you haven't showed, you know, your wife a sign, like get with the program. Well, yeah, we were literally eyes closed sitting by the pool. And all of a sudden I hear like that noise. And I'm like, there is a wild turkey, gigantic. They're huge in, in person. Like when you get close to them, right next to his wife, Kay, she's laying in the recliner. And it was like, literally, it could have packed her shoulder. <laughs> it was right there. And I go, Kay. And she goes, what? And then she looked and she goes, Run. you know, like her husband is right there. Like, Run. and he, and and my son was right there. He's fumbling for the phone. He's trying to get the phone. And like, we get this picture and it's waddling away. Why? How? So it just, it becomes hysterical when you start opening up to it, how often it happens. I have a loved one who is a squirrel. I, I literally heard Claire audiently. He said, I'm going to come to you as a squirrel. I was like, well, that's hilarious. Right before we started this conversation on the ledge, I took a video was a squirrel just on the ledge, trying to get into the window, trying to get into my mailbox. That's never happened. Before. <laughs> I mean, so I'm like, okay, either I'm turning into a Disney movie or they're just up there having a good time giving me signs. I like to think they're having a good time giving me signs, but I literally encourage everybody out there who's watching this today, delegate a sign for your loved one on the other side, whether it's a license plate, talk to me that way, number sequence, some people, the date of their birth. You know, my dad was March 4th. So I, I see three, four all the time, three, four, three, four, three, four. You know, my son is four fourteen, April 14th. And that's when my friend Tracy died the same day. So I see four fourteen a lot. Your loved ones will have so much fun letting you know that they're with you all the time. Jen, you are just amazing. I love everything that you do. And I just feel your high vibration and intention and just your heart and everything. So I'm so excited for get people to get to check out the Jen Weigel show. Um, where else would you like people to check you out? I have just jenweigel.com or on Audible. All of my uh, interviews, there are so many compilations. I think I have eight audiobooks and four of the ones that I've written, and they're all on Audible. So if anybody's looking for a friend to keep them company in the car, get on Audible and uh, please email me. I love hearing from listeners. I love hearing from readers, and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Julie, for all that you 
are doing and all the good that you're putting out in the world. It makes such a difference. Thank you, Jen. We just did a event together in Chicago. We'll be doing more of those. So um, if anybody wants to get in on those or join those in Chicagoland, definitely make sure that you're on my email list. And who knows, it could go national um, in the future. I could be speaking in an area near you. So go over to theangelmedium.com and uh, sign up to be on the email list so that you don't miss those dates. Um, Thank you, Jen, for being here. Thank you. We'll take this angel bus on the road. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Beautiful soul, thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.